Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for August 23rd, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. We went, it took us months to get through the first parable. That was the parable of the sower. I call it the mother of all parables. Now we're dealing with the parable of the talents. This is actually day three of the parable of the talents. The title of today's message is Pearls from the Parables, part 42, and why God cannot give you more. Today I'm going to talk about, like, you're a believer, right? You're a believer, not a doubter. You walk by faith and not by fear. You want more. And you hear me say that God is a God of increase, abundance, advancement, acceleration, favor, all of that. But today, we're going to talk about reasons why God cannot give you more. <laughs> like you want more. God speaks to you about more. But there's some reasons why God cannot give you more. Let's talk about it. Get ready to receive the word. So we want to understand any and all of the reasons why God can't give us more so we can remove it. Put in the chat, I remove all blessing blockers. So before we get into the parable, Psalms 126 and verse 4 is a scripture we've been looking at all year. Uh, let me read this for your hearing. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. I believe, we believe at our church that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So in this season, God is refreshing and restoring. And so we don't want any area of our lives to dry up. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. All right. So let's get into it. So this parable, uh, let me read the whole thing to you again, and then we'll go ahead and, and do the teaching. I have four things to share with you in this morning, and there's a lot in what I'm about to share. So please open up your heart to receive. Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 13, the Bible says, this is Jesus speaking. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a wealthy man that went on a journey and he summoned his trusted servants to him and he assigned to them financial management responsibilities. Now, before he went on his journey, he entrusted to one man five talents of gold or 5,000 gold coins. He entrusted to another one two talents of gold or 2,000 gold coins and to another one one talent of gold or 1,000 gold coins. And the Bible says each according to his ability to manage. So it was only according to their ability to manage. Now, to the one that he gave five talents or 5,000 gold coins, that man went out and he doubled the money. He came back, woof, double the money. In the same way, the one that he gave two talents or 2,000 gold coins, he doubled the money. He doubled the investment. To the one that he gave 1,000 gold coins or one talent of gold, he did nothing with it. He did dug a hole in the ground and stuck it in there. Didn't lose it, but didn't multiply either, right? And so after, and I told you yesterday how much a talent is. This is a lot of money. So after much time had passed, the master returned to settle the accounts with the servants. Now to the one that he gave five talents or 5,000 gold coins, he said, hey, master, check it out. I doubled your money. And so he commended the servant. He said, you've done well. You've proved yourself to be loyal and trustworthy. And because you have been a faithful steward over little, now I can entrust you with much. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He said the same thing thing to the person who doubled the two bags or the two talents of gold. He said, man, you, you, you've been faithful over little. He called that little. He said, but you know what? 
I'm going to be able to get, make you charge over much. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Now, to the one that did nothing with the money, actually, he had the wrong attitude. This is what the man said. Um, Look, sir, I know that you are a hard man. You're a hard man to please, and you are ruthless in business, and you're growing rich on the back of backs of other people. So I didn't want to do nothing for you. I, I was afraid of you. I hid your money. I buried it in the ground. Here, take it. It's yours. Get out of here. And the master said to him, wow, you are untrustworthy and you are lazy. If you knew that I was a businessman, at least you could have put the money in the bank and got me some interest. My God. But you did nothing with the money, right? And so, yeah. So now what am I going to do? You are unfaithful. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take the one talent or the thousand gold coins that you have. I'm going to give it to the one that has 10, right? And I know that that people have a problem with that, <laughs> where, where God... It seems like the people that are already blessed, God keeps blessing them. Why? Because they are proving themselves faithful over what they have. And, and God has this principle that when you, you manage what you have well, God says, okay, they can be trusted with more, right? And so that's how it works. And there are people that are like, oh, that's not right. I don't have nothing. Well, you need to check your own heart. Stop blaming other people. Are you making the most of what you have? So he says, the one that has is going to be given more. Uh, but the one that has little is going to be taken away from him because he's lazy and untrustworthy, not doing anything with what I gave him. Then the master said to the other servants, take this good for nothing servant and throw him far away from me into the outer darkness and there will be great misery and anguish. The King James Version says, uh, weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right. Terrible situation for the guy that did nothing. And so you and I, what we want to do is we want to put this in the chat. I will make the most of what God gives me. We want to make the most of every opportunity that God gives us. So I'm a flow in this vein. Why God can't give you more? What does this mean for you today? I did all of that just to set it up. Now I have four things to share with you in this morning. Now I can start teaching. You ready? Open up your heart to receive. Four things. Number one, here we go. God entrusts you only with what he knows that you can handle at the time. God is only going to entrust you with whatever he knows that you can handle at the time. So notice that God gave talents to the individuals, the text says, according to their abilities. I'm going to try not to preach this morning. I really need to teach this stuff. It was according to their abilities. So the one talent man could not have been given two talents or five talents. Why? Because he didn't have the ability to manage that much money. So the owner couldn't release that amount of money to him because he was incapable of managing it well. The money and the financial stewardship responsibilities, the, the text says, was given to them according to their own abilities. So the two-talent man could not handle five talents. So he was only given two talents. Why? Because that was, is what he was capable of managing at the time. Now, later, once he had four, then he said, okay, well, now you've proven yourself faithful. Now I can give you more. Okay, fine. Then he could give him more. He can give him beyond four. Why? Because he proved himself faithful over the little, then the, then the owner said, now I can give you charge over much. It's also important to point out that the man with the grace to handle two talents was not given one, right? So while it's important to point out that the one that was given one talent was not given two or five, the one that was given two was not given five, but it's also important to point out that God didn't give them more than they can handle, but God also did not give them less than they can handle. The guy that was given five noticed that he he wasn't given two. Why? Because God gives you blessings according to the level of grace that is upon your life at that time. So the guy that had grace for two was given two. The guy that had grace for one was given one. The guy that had grace for five was given five. If the guy that had grace for five was given one, 
then there was a level of grace that would be on his life that's being wasted. So here's my point. Just like God will not give you something that you are incapable of handling because you don't have the grace for it, God is also not in the business of giving you less than you are capable of handling because God wants you to make the most of the limited time that you have on this planet. So let me let me, let me me use myself as an example, Isabella and I. Isabella just got back from the island of Dominica on a mission trip. I haven't posted those pictures. Obviously, we did stuff in the Dominican Republic. Obviously, we have a lot of things going on between our business and family. We just dropped off a son in college. We just have a fifth grader that's starting. We also have two granddaughters. We also have a ministry. We also are connected to a local church. We have a church uh, school and a church in the Dominican Republic. A lot of things going on. Here's the point. God has given us the grace to handle that. So God is not going to expect us to do less than what he gave us the grace to do. God is not going to give expect us to do more than he's given us the grace to do, but he's also not looking for us to do less than either. So God is looking for his children, you and I as his children, to be dedicated, diligent, hardworking, creative, and determined to be the, the men or the women that God has called us to be, to maximize every season. Put in the chat, we will maximize every season. Put in the chat, I am determined to make the most of the opportunities that God gives me. Every opportunity that God gives me, we have to be diligent and focused. God is not looking for us to be lazy. Oh, Brother Pina, God can use anybody. God used a donkey in scripture. Yeah, you're right, but he only used a donkey once. Like, like, like I'm not looking for, for God to just use me one time. For us, for us to be used of God on a regular basis, we got to be diligent, creative, industrious, hardworking, not lazy. God is not looking for us to be lazy. God will never release something to us that will overwhelm us. But at the same time, God doesn't want us to be so lazy that we're not making the most of the opportunities that he has given us. Say amen to that. Hallelujah. All right. Number two, reasons why God cannot give you more. Um, um, oh man, this needs to say God. Okay. Reasons why God cannot give you more. All right. You ready? You're not prepared to handle the challenges associated with the increase. I'm just going to have to say these things because if I teach it, it might take too long. But but here's the reason why God can't give you more. You're not prepared to handle the challenges associated with the increase. Here's another reason. You don't have the grace to be able to walk in that level. If you if, if the grace of God is not not on your life for it, if, it's, if God's grace is not present, then no, then you can't walk in it because God hasn't released that level of grace to you for you to walk in that level. Where there is no grace, there can be no faith. You can't say, I believe and I receive it if, if it's not yours. You're not called to do it. You have Maybe you just haven't developed the character required to carry the weight of the anointing associated with that type of assignment. So you, like, you have an assignment, a great assignment, but that doesn't mean that you're ready for it. You got to develop the character to be able to carry the weight of the anointing associated with the assignment. And if you haven't developed the character, matter of fact, put that in the chat. I develop the character. You want to develop the character to be able to handle the blessing. <laughs> because if you don't have the character to handle the blessing, it's going to mess you up. You haven't been through enough. You, you, haven't, you don't have the experience that's required. You haven't gained the wisdom to be able to make the most of that level. Like I, I, I know people that get born again today, and two weeks later, they're like, hey, I'm called to preach. And two weeks after that, they're ready to pastor. And I'm like, dude, you haven't been through nothing. I mean, what, what are you going to, like, well, first of all, you don't know the word yet. And, and second of all, you got to gain experience. Like, I mean, you got to, you got to go through some, you got to have some, some wisdom and experience. You got to, you got to be processed to be able to carry the weight of the anointing associated with the assignment. So you can, you can, here's another reason you, you might have the wrong attitude. The guy with one talent 
he had the wrong attitude for sure. What was his attitude? Oh, well, you, you, you I'm not going to make money for you. I hid your money. Why? Because I know that you get rich off the backs of other people and you're just trying to get money off of me and all of that stuff. The other two guys had a great attitude towards the master. They were like, hey, hey here you go, sir. You gave me this much. I doubled your money. I, I doubled your money. And they did it with gladness. They saw it as a privilege. They saw it as an honor. There's some people that don't want to give. When it comes time to give in church, they go, oh, I ain't trying to give. You know, God don't need my money and all this. I'm not trying to give. Write this check out. The pastor got a Cadillac, you know, all this kind of crazy stuff. No, that God is looking for people to be like, hey, I, I, this is not something I've got to do. This is something I get to do. Oh, my, I give and my heart is in my giving. I'm a cheerful giver. I, I, I count it a privilege and an honor. They came and was like, listen, we doubled your money, sir. And here we go. And we did it with gladness. And he was like, okay, enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. But if you have the wrong attitude towards God, the wrong attitude towards the things of God, the wrong attitude towards your calling. I know people that are called to do something. I ain't doing that. I'm not going to do that. My dad told me my this has been prophesied over me. I know the Lord told me that, but I'm not going to do it. You got the wrong attitude. If you got the wrong attitude, God can't release it to you because you got the wrong attitude. This guy had the wrong attitude towards God. That's another reason why God can't give it to you. If God releases something to you before you're capable of handling it, then what is supposed to be a blessing will wind up being a burden. What is supposed to be a blessing will wind up being a curse. If it is true, that God will not ever allow you to face something that you can't handle, and that's true. Then it is also true that God will never release a blessing over you that you're not prepared for. So if, if God releases a blessing to you before you are capable of handling that level of blessing, then what is supposed to be a blessing can ruin your life. Like, for example, you ever watched on, t on television, how the lottery ruined my life, right? <laughs> Why was that? Because you got to be prepared to be able to handle success. And, and it takes a certain level of character to be able to handle abundance. And if you don't have that level of preparation um, and you haven't developed the character to be able to handle it, then if you're not prepared mentally, emotionally, relationally, spiritually for that level of increase, then the right thing at the wrong time becomes the wrong thing. Then all of that money, all it does is money is an amplifier. It's just going it, to, it, it, if you're not ready for it, it can ruin your life. Abundance, if you're not ready for it, it can ruin your life. So there's a level of blessing that God cannot release to you until you're ready. So while you may think that you are waiting on God, God may be waiting on you. You say, oh, I'm waiting on God to do this thing. My blessing can come at any time. God may be waiting on you to get prepared. Maybe you got to fix your attitude. Maybe you need to gain more experience. Maybe you got to develop the character that is required to walk in that type of blessing. So if you're asking God for more, make sure that you're doing what is required for you to walk in the more, right? And so you got to be able to be processed to be able to, to handle the more. And so God will not release the more to you until you are capable of handling it. So put in the chat, I am open to the processing. I, I must be processed and I'm, I'm willing to go through whatever I need to go through so that I'm processed to be able to handle that level of blessing. Say amen to that. All right. Number three, don't confuse what you are called to do with what you are capable of handling right now. Oh my God, this is a good point. Don't confuse what you are called to do with what you are capable of handling right now. So we live our lives out, you and I, within the continuum of time. So this is time and we live in time. And in time, everything is chronological and, and, 
uh, um, it comes in a sequence. But God is outside of time. So because God is in eternity and not in time and God is an eternal God, when God speaks to us from eternity, God speaks to us from what I call, excuse me, the position of the eternal now. So when God speaks to us because God is in eternity and he's not in time, nor is he limited by time, for God is, is always now. So you go into your prayer closet and God speaks something to you, or you get a dream and God speaks something to you. It sounds like it's now. Put in the chat, it sounds like now. Yeah, it always sounds like now. The problem is that because God is in eternity, yeah, for him is always now. But for us, it's a matter of time. So the now for God may take us in the earth weeks, months, years, or decades. So what God released to you, yes, it sounded like now because God is in eternity. He's not in time. So for him is now. If it's five years from now, then for God it's still now because he's in eternity. If it's 15 years from now, for God is still now because he's in eternity. So when God speaks to us, it sounds like now. Say it sounds like now. Put that in the chat. It always sounds like now. It sounds like now. But the problem is that when you got a vision of something that God gives you and it sounds like now, please understand that the greater of the vision, it sounds like now, may not happen for a long time. And it's not going to happen until you're prepared to handle it. So you must embrace the process of being discipled, developed, matured, and processed. The processing is required for you to be able to handle the dream that God placed in your heart. I'm going to give you some quick examples. David was anointed to be the king of Israel when he was 17 years old but he wasn't ready for it. So he had to go through all sorts of challenges and processing before he was ready to walk in that level of blessing. It took over 20 years, over 22 years. Joseph received the dream from God when he was 17 years old also, but he was not ready for it. He had to go through the pit phase, the Potiphar phase, and the prison phase before he was ready for the palace phase, the prime minister phase. He wasn't ready when he was 17. Why? He had to be processed. You got to be able to be processed. Just because God gave you the dream now doesn't mean that you're ready now. Gideon was called to lead the Israelites in one of the most amazing revolutions in history. It was Gideon and, and his 300 against over 100,000 men. And, and, they, and they won, right? But when he got the calling, he wasn't ready. He saw himself as the weakest man from the weakest clan. So there was a calling, but then there was a preparation. Don't confuse what you're called to do with what you're capable of, capable of doing right now. The Apostle Paul, when he was called to preach the gospel, oh, this is a great example, actually. The Apostle Paul was called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And the Bible says he was knocked off his high horse, right? And he was sent over, God is so funny. God, he was sent over to a street called Straight to get straight. And so he was on Straight Street waiting and, and, and God sent a man named Ananias to reveal to him all the things that he would have to suffer for the gospel's sake. And so God revealed to him that he was called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And this guy was Saul of Tarsus persecuting Christians. And then all of a sudden he gets born again. And then the next day he's like, oh, I'm called to preach. And so he tries to preach <laughs> like immediately. And he starts preaching and they tried to kill him. Like he started preaching. He was almost killed because it was like, that's Saul of Tarsus. You must be crazy. So he was almost killed. Then he was like, okay, well, let me go talk to the disciples of Jesus. Surely they're going to receive me. And so he went to Jerusalem and he goes to the disciples. They didn't even want to talk to him. Barnabas was like, come on, man, let's hear him out. And so Barnabas brings him in. He tried to preach. They tried to kill him in Jerusalem. They had to let him down the wall in a basket. 
He tried to preach right away. He was almost killed twice. Why? Right thing, wrong time. It was the right calling, but he wasn't ready. He wasn't processed. He had to take his little tail back home to Tarsus and stay in isolation for three years, being processed to be able to carry the weight of the anointing associated with the assignment before God released him into ministry. Listen, don't confuse what you're called to do with what you're capable of doing right now. So if God gives you a dream, come on now, God gives you this dream in your prayer closet, get excited, give God some praise, put it on your vision board, put it on stickies, remind yourself, put it on the fridge, give God every time you walk by, oh, glory. Hallelujah. Give God praise for it. But that doesn't mean that you're ready for it right now. It doesn't mean that it's going to ha happen today or tomorrow. You are not, you may not be capable of handling it yet. You may not be capable. You may not be processed to be able to handle the weight of the anointing associated with the assignment. So give God praise for it, but, but do whatever you got to do to get ready, to get processed so that you can walk in it. Say amen to that. And then number four, the last one for today, I want to encourage you. Oh, Brother Pena, man, you keep telling me, maybe I'm not ready. I'm not. Oh, no, no. Let me encourage you as I close. Number four, if God tells you that you're ready now, then believe him because you're ready now. If God tells you that you're ready now, then whether you feel ready or not, God is like, ready or not, here I come. If God tells you that you're ready now, that means that the grace is on you now. Say now. So, so yeah, while it is essential to be prepared to be able to carry the weight of the anointing associated with the assignment, God gave you a dream and you got to be processed. You got all of that. Everything I said is true. But you also got, got to recognize the fact that if God says, hey, son, hey, daughter, you're ready, then you're ready whether you feel ready or not. Come on. If God releases something to you now, if God says, okay, now I'm releasing you uh, at work to this next level of promotion and increase. And you're like, oh, I don't know. I'm not ready. I'm walking into rooms that nobody looks like me. I'm, I'm in rooms. Oh, my God. I don't know what I'm doing. God says, you're ready now. Calm down. The grace, my grace is on you. If God says, I'm about to move your business to the next level, I'm about to give you this contract. And you're like, oh my God, can I handle that? Yes. God is saying, if I'm releasing it now, you're ready now. And so, so God is sending people your way to get wisdom and insight from you. And, and, and you're, you're like, you have the time now. And so you, you're relaxing and God keeps sending people your way to pour. And you're like, oh God, I don't feel qualified. No, you're ready. You're ready now. Why? Because God, this is your season. Say, say, this is my season. Say, this is my time. If God tells you that you're ready now, then you're ready. You're ready now. And so, so even if you doubt your readiness, if God is saying, my grace is on you, son, my grace is on your daughter, you got to believe God and walk in it. The, the, the level of the position or the level that you're operating in right now is evidence that God has placed you there and God did not place you there to fail. God placed you there to win and to dominate and to overcome. Say amen to that. So we carry a grace of, on our lives. We carry a level of grace that will ensure our success. You were not born to fail. You were born to win. In closing, let me tell you this, going back to the parable. The owner didn't give these three servants the levels of financial responsibility expecting them to fail. He gave it to them expecting them to win according to their abilities, ensuring both their success and his success. Let me close with this point. The reason why God wants you to win is because when you win, he wins. Say that. Put that in the chat. When I win, God wins. And when God wins, I win because I'm in God and God is in me. I am God's child. I'm called by his name and I represent him. So when he wins, I win. And when I win, he wins. Everybody knows I'm a, I'm a man of God. Everybody knows Isabella's a woman of God. When we win, God wins because we are we're here on this planet to make his name great. 
The reason why God doesn't want you to fail is because God, you were not born to fail. Say, I was born to win. Why was I born to win? Why? Because I, me winning means God is winning. I'm, in, I'm here to advance the kingdom of God. I'm here to affect with effects and influence the people and the systems of this world in God's name, by God's grace, for God's glory. My life is all about him. Say amen to that. When you understand that, then you can say, all I do is win, 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 no matter what, because I'm doing it with God. God is doing it with me. It's not about me. It's all about him. So a win for me is a win for God. I'm here to advance his kingdom. I'm here to make his name great. Say amen to that. Oh my God, that was a lot. You might need to listen to this again. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I acknowledge that you only entrust me with what I can handle at the moment. So I recognize that you give talents according to your ability that you have placed on us and you never set me up to fail. So I believe that you won't give me more than I can handle but you also won't give me less than my potential. So I am dedicated, diligent, and determined to make the most of every day. I am committed to preparing myself, to checking my attitude, and to gaining the experience required to walk in the next level of blessing. I understand the difference between my calling and what I'm capable of right now. So I embrace the process of discipleship, knowing that it is preparing me for your dream to come to pass in my life. I was not born to fail. I was born to win. And with you, Father, all things are possible for me. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow, I'm going to have another one. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. Click on the big... If you're not getting my notes, what? You would have wanted these notes. Go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. Put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Like I said, this is a message you might need to listen to again. I need you to do two things for me. Number one, leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. This was good, y'all. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. God bless you. Have an amazing day. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pena. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.